Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. All right, welcome to the second episode of Electronic Dance Money, and today my guest is Cameron Bouchard. You're the owner of Neologic Studios, where you produce, mix, and master for electronic producers. You also do some marketing, consulting, a little bit of your background. You come from an audio post background. Now, what's that like? Because I don't know a lot about that world. Uh, it's it's very fast paced, definitely. Uh, you gotta. I, I'll have a project come in and it's in and out within like six hours or a day, you know, and depending on because that's just you're working on commercials, very short form audio, so it's, it's quick and easy. But you got to know your stuff because they want it quick turnaround. <laughs> For commercials, I mean, are you working on like a minute long commercial? Um, yeah. The, it depends on the like the budget or the size of the the contract that I get, but for the most part, it's between thirty or sixty seconds, and then they might do cut downs or they might do alternates. So you you might have one commercial, quote unquote, but within that project, there might be multiple deliver you know deliverables that they're going to ask for. And uh, I think the most I delivered, I had um, one project that was just I was just doing the mixing and a little bit of sound effects in there, and then mastering it. But we had 33 deliverables, and I turned that around Ooh. in six hours. Jeez. Wow. It's, it's, it's a lot like um, pitch correction. Pitch correction is the same thing where people are looking for quick, fast turnarounds, and they're looking for someone who can do it as fast as possible yep. but get the best result. Those people always come out on top yeah. in terms of that. Um, so let's go a little bit more into your background. How did you get started in electronic music? How did you get into mastering, producing, mixing? What brought you into this world? And how how have you been able to kind of stay in it? Oh, man, that's it's such a messy journey. I'll tell you that because I've just been I've been all over the place. Like I've I've worn so many different hats. And so for me, I started probably just before high school. Like I'd had computers all my life and a lot of my friends were video game nerds and stuff, and we'd all play games together. But eventually it evolved to, like, I want to be able to make music. By high school, I started getting into guitar. And around that time, I got my refer- like first recording interface. So I was messing around with you know software. And at the time, I was learning like Acid 2.0, which is like just at, <laughs> just at the advent of loops. Loops were just becoming a thing back then. Right. And that was the mainstay of like Acid 2.0 is you can just take loops and start composing like a tracks and stuff, just building blocks, basically. It was like Legos for music. It's crazy. <laughs> and then um, VSTs came out within a few years. I remember by like 99 or 2000. And um, I started getting into those. They, they started getting in- implemented into Acid. And I started discovering like Reason. And Reason was just an insane different beast altogether. Like the fact that you could like visually rewire things with their rack, it was just so intuitive. Yeah. It made you feel like you were actually messing around with analog gear, but just on your computer. Yeah. And that for me is that's what started like me down the rabbit hole. So by the time I had finished high school, I probably had just 
over 300 personal recording projects, just experiments. Like, and they were, they were shitty. They were awful. <laughs> I still have them, but they're good reminders of like, Hey, this is where I've, that's where I've come from. Oh man. Yeah. I've got a couple of those where I go back and I'm like, Foof, what was I thinking right? before I even realized what a mix was, what mastering was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just discovering all that stuff. By the time I even exited high school, I'm just like, barely discovering like what a compressor is how eqs work but i still had no fundamentals of like this is what they're doing or how they what what they're actually doing to the signal and so for me my passion going out of school was that i'd I'd been doing i was diverse i was doing many things i was painting drawing sculpting and so in college my first major that i declared was um, graphic arts because I love visual arts. I love audio, I love music. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff all over the place and wasn't really sure what I want to do. I had passions and all that stuff. So my first degree ended up being in humanities just to get general ed out of the way. And then stepping into the world of recording, I went straight from one community college to another. I was checking out like expressions college at the time. They were like $62,000 for a two year advanced bachelor's. And I was just like, no, that was like, and that was 2005. They weren't even accredited yet. And uh, we checked out a couple other ones like Chico State. And then I was, you know, living up north, about Central Valley area at the time. And um, we, we found Los Madonos College, which is out in Pittsburgh. It's near Antioch. It's near Berkeley. And uh, they actually had a really good recording arts program. And their studio is one of the better rated ones in the entire western half of the U.S. For a community college, that's speaking volumes. I jumped right in. I was like, yeah, recording. I love audio, I love music. So I went straight from one degree in, in visual arts to a degree in recording arts. And by 2007, the whole industry had shifted. Like everything was pretty much just all about video games, like game audio, interactive audio. So you weren't even like doing audio related stuff. You were just programming and scripting. You had to learn video game, like you had to learn programming language basically. There was still a lot of stuff going on in the field at the time for other things. Like I had applied at Pixar. Uh, I actually had a lead through my instructor at the time who helped me. He's like, hey, stay back after class. I want to chat with you. So he offered me an opportunity before they even went public with the position for audio video engineer position at Pixar's uh, main Emeryville studio. And I thought that was really cool. From there, I just I kept you know plugging in. There's a lot of stuff in the Bay, but there's not really a whole lot outside of there. So living in the central valley and having to commute was just getting really expensive so i started turning more to remote stuff and that's where i met uh, a couple of my friends through some mutual acquaintances and they had moved from manteca to la and started a production company so next thing i know i'm getting commercial work through them they're doing big budget stuff these are pretty standard rates that they're doing with creative labs is like the people who make sound blaster technology and you know, we're, we're, we're shooting several commercials for them. The first bat out of the gate, they had one. They just had me do audio post for it. It's like a quick 1200 bucks because that's six hours and 33 deliverables later, I'm, you know, 1200 bucks richer and I can just sit back and be like, all right, I'm done for the week. You know, but that's the other thing about the industry is when it comes to that kind of stuff, if one goes belly up, where, how many other connections can feed you work? That was my hard lesson is, you know, I, I was sitting pretty doing full time, just freelancing up until that dry spell where it's just that that business just cut right off and I didn't have I didn't have any other connections to lead me back into it so it's been a struggle and that's kind of right relocating me to uh 
SoCal has kind of just spitballed into where I'm at now. <laughs> and what what year was that that you were getting into the commercial stuff? Uh, 2012. That was 2012. Yeah. So how how many years were you actually working on audio post? Uh, about 2015. So that's about okay. Three solid so you years. Got a few years. Yeah, where I yeah. was mostly full time at, at freelancing, and to the point where I'd even just left all my other part time jobs and was just straight working from home. When you started to kind of see that transition come in, where you know you're not picking up as much commercial work as you were in the past is that kind of is that when you started to transition into working on more mastering stuff within electronic music what drew you really to electronic music was it the your base of when you were in high school working in acid yeah yeah so there's it's kind of like i said it's a diverse messy journey so all the while while i'm working in my part-time jobs you know like at best buy i had a buddy of mine that was super into like rapping and, and writing hip-hop lyrics this is back in 2009 where I met him and we just kind of on the side, just for fun at night, we'd start, I'd make a beat, he'd be writing. And then within like an hour or two, we'd have a song fleshed out. We'd pump out stuff, but we wouldn't be putting anywhere. We just, we were doing it for fun. We were thinking about like, okay, let's put this out. But it started to evolve into almost what, 10 years later, um, we've got a brand strategy we've got a name that we really like and want to stick with and you know there's there's a message to it so at the core of all the songs they have a, a message or a meaning and so we really like that strategy we want to move forward with that so we're starting to get stuff published but yeah that's that's just it's been a long journey <laughs> and it started to around the same time that i had lost my production leads for all the audio stuff I started getting back in touch with the local community up north where I was. And there's a lot of local music acts that were quite diverse. I was dealing with a glam rock band uh, at one point. Uh, so I produced a lyric video for them. I helped them uh, do a lot of like administrative stuff, you know, help their manager learn about the publishing side of business, how to file copyrights and you know, just crossing their T's, dotting their I's sort of thing and, and learning how to be a business. And that's where I started developing to this consulting thing that I do, because a lot of artists don't, they don't understand that. That's a big thing that I deal with, too, as well. Um, in my studio, when I'm mixing and mastering, I get a lot of clients who are, they're, they're not super new to producing. They're still young in their careers, um, and they don't know a whole lot about artist development, branding, creating content, and consistently putting out that kind of content. Uh, so I'm actually I'm doing the exact same thing. A lot of these producers I bring in and I kind of help them throughout their the lead up until their release. So whatever track they're having me mix or master, right. I'm going, OK, well, what are you doing with this track? Are you sending it to a record label? Are you wanting to self-distribute? Because I can guide you along that entire path and help you out with that, yeah. with that whole situation. Well, even if you look at the way that the labels back in the day, the labels were the gatekeepers, right? And there was a formula yeah. to like... Hey, everybody had a role. Everybody had a specialty. You would have a songwriter is just a songwriter. Like all the stuff that Elvis put out, those are songwriters. Then he was just the performer, but he was the mainstay. He was the, the front man of, the, of that talent. And nowadays, technology's made everything so accessible to everybody. It's really lowered the bar. It's, it's democratized our entire industry. So the doors are blown wide open. Anybody can come in. But at the same time, it helps if you have people on your team that know how to, to guide you through to that next step. Yeah. 
I think a lot of produ- producers have this stigma in their head that they need to do it all. They need to be it all, and that's it. They need to do all the mixing. They need to do the mastering. They need to do the promo. They need to design their own cover art, all of that. And they're they're taking away from everything that they're wanting to do yeah. and putting so much time and energy into something that they can hire someone to do. Or if they make the right connection, someone will help them either connect them with someone to do that or they will be able to do it for them and they can just focus on what they love, which is the songwriting and producing. Right, right. Let's dive into some of the topics of today's episode, which is about mentorship. Um, I reached out to you, what was it, probably a month ago or so, looking for yeah, people about. have either been a mentor or they are a mentee, just ba- anyone, really. Uh, it's really interesting because I never saw myself as being so knowledgeable in this field at all um, I, because I've always been the mentee. I've always had a mentor. Since I started producing, I've had a mentor that was showing me how to do everything and teach me to do things. Over the years, I've kind of seen myself like slowly creep up to their level and I stopped learning as much as I feel like I should. And then all of a sudden, there's just this change, this transition out of nowhere. I went from mentee to mentor where I'm actually teaching people. I'm doing lessons on mixing and mastering. I think being a mentor is just as good as being a mentee because you're learning. Like if when you're teaching someone, you are having to describe what you're doing and you have to describe it in a way where someone who doesn't know it, they have to understand it. And it's complicated stuff. A lot of the things that we deal with in the studio And I started realizing, oh, I'm understanding a lot of these things that I didn't think I really understood. Once I explain them, I'm starting to come up with these analogies. I go, that actually works. Oh, wow. Now I'm really starting to understand this. And even more so, my mentee, their their face is going, oh, my Lord, they're just popping and lighting up because they're making a connection. And I just I remember being in that position and it's. It's just such a great position to be in when you're learning something and all of a sudden it clicks when someone shows it to you. Right, right. And that's the funny thing about mentorship. I think it's, and I'll say this, I don't know if it's, it might be both, but I don't know if it's just the fact that it's the way creatives approach life or if it's just that we're seeing this so much in modern society right now. But we feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. Like we have to do everything ourselves. We have to do it from scratch. We can't learn the process. We can't find the successful formula other people are already doing successfully. Because obviously that formula works. But why aren't we why aren't we going after them to just learn from them? Have you read Steal Like an Artist? Uh, I have not, but you've mentioned that before. And I think that was that's a key proponent that they're pushing behind it, right? Yeah, so Steal Like an Artist is amazing. I highly, I mean, that book transformed my world, especially how I develop content. Um, He talks about this one thing where you create an analog station and a digital station. Your analog one, you're actually drawing everything and designing it and working with your hands, and then you transform that into the digital space. Um, That was the biggest thing I got out of the book, but the main premise behind it is artists steal that's what they do they steal from other artists but there's a way to do it where you're not plagiarizing i'm not going into your portfolio and i'm grabbing your track and putting it out and putting my name on it that's not what the story of the book is about it's more so study these artists figure out what they're doing 
and get inspiration from them and take from multiple artists, take from 10 artists, take things, little things that they're doing, take it, put it in your own pieces of work. Because if you steal from 10 people and put it in your own thing, you've now developed an original piece of content that no one else has created. Right. Just because these other artists, you take a little bit from them, you're not taking all of it. You're taking little pieces to develop your own original piece of content. The biggest example that I can show is sounds, presets. So many producers are afraid to use presets from wherever they're getting them, um, and they feel like they need to design every single little sound. They need to go out and record them hitting a rock and take that into the studio and design a kick out of that. That's fun. It's great. Um, I definitely think there are sessions where you should be working on sound design to kind of understand how your sounds are working. But when you're in the studio and you're wanting to create and be a creative and you're wanting to get a song out that's high quality as quick as possible, presets are the best way to go. Oh, yeah. Presets, loops, you name yeah. it, MIDI. <laughs> No one's going to know that you're using a preset pack from this one producer who made it three years ago. No one's looking for that. Well, they just want to hear even a more, good track. The consumer, the, the person who's listening to the song, isn't going to care, especially if the song was constructed effectively and they resonate. If, if it resonates with them, they're not going to care. But anyways, it, it, finding a mentor, though, who can teach you these things and provide assets to you and value to you where you're learning um, from people that they've learned from and the knowledge that they've uh, accumulated over, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. It's massive. I mean, there is, there might not be anything more valuable than having a mentor who's been in the scene. They've been through it all and they they've seen it all. Um, And having that value of education I mean, especially with today and the internet, I mean, it's insane how fast you can not only find a mentor, but talk to them, ask questions and get answers on that. You could be in the studio working on something, have an issue, message them. And within 10, 15 minutes, they could give you an answer. Whereas 20 years ago, that was not around. You could post on forums, but you might not get an answer for a day or two. You might not even get a good answer for a week. Yeah. And that's, that's the effect of what technology has done for us in this generation. So let, let me paint the picture. If you were to just be in a complete vacuum, right? There's nothing around you. There's nobody around. And you start experimenting. You're like, what is my sound? I want to find my sound. You can toil around for years playing with serum, playing with massive, playing with your DAW. And you you will evolve for sure. And you'll find stuff. But if you find a mentor, and let's say, for example, um, photography. Let's take photography for, as an example. Back in the day before digital, you'd have to pl- fiddle with the settings, right? And then you don't even get to see the result of that. You're just looking for through the viewfinder, which is going through the lens. You're not even seeing the effect of the output of the film. And you have to go get it developed. You have to get an enlargement done. And there's a huge process behind that if you're doing it yourself. This is called the, the feedback loop or the feedback cycle. So the length of time that it takes to get a result, to know whether you even took a good picture or not, whether the composition was good, and you're like, eh, this is too far to the left, I didn't frame it right, it's too dark, it's too light, it's too washed out, anything like that. It takes days. Now it might take hours for like you know a pro photographer, but then digital came out. The DSLR came out, and that revolutionized photography forever. Why? Because the second you snap the picture, 
you can see the result instantly on the screen and know, did I take a good enough picture? I need to retake that one. And so that feedback cycle went from days to hours to mere fractions of a second. It's instantaneous. So if you look at that in terms of music production or growth, you you want to grow as a producer, a mentor is going to help accelerate that feedback cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Technology has changed everything. I mean, the, the, the fact that you can befriend someone on Facebook who's been in the industry for as long as it's been around <laughs> and you can ask questions and they can give you answers instantaneously. I mean, that's just... There's so much value in that. Uh, Let's talk about looking for a mentor because that's, I think, the biggest struggle with a lot of producers. So if we look at it from the three parts that, you know, that, that we'll, we'll break it up into three parts. So like um, what can obviously what can mentorship do? And then I would even go further to say identifying a good mentor, because let's take it. Let's take it from experience. Like, hey, if you reached out to your parents for parenting advice there's a chance, pretty good chance they're going to have good advice because they're experienced with that. But most people with the working class family, if you go to your parents for business advice, they may not be the best person to go to for business advice because they haven't successfully built a business. So looking for the right person for the right thing that you're looking to learn. I guess step number one is be clear with yourself about what you want to learn or what you're looking for. And that'll help you identify who might be a good mentor to go to. Then all it is is just step number two is like looking for the mentor. So, yeah, if, if we're looking for mentors, um, I mean, we take, for example, you know, the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. Chris Graham, he learned from dentistry. You can look for somebody in a different industry. It doesn't have to be in the same industry. I think you hit a really good point there, which is finding a mentor for what you're what. What are you wanting to do if you're a producer and you're wanting to be you, you want to be busting out tracks. You want to be putting out albums, putting out EPs. You want to be a touring artist. If, if that's what you're wanting to do, I think the, the next step up would be to find someone who's done that or is on their way to doing that. Like if you're wanting to be, because I know a couple of people who are producers who want to be audio engineers, they'd rather mix and master. Right. And so from that point, you don't really want to find a producer that's going to teach you that because they're working on something else. They're working on putting out tracks, trying to network, be a DJ, getting shows. So if you're wanting to be a mixing engineer or an audio engineer, you're obviously going to find someone who's doing that because they can teach you the ins and outs and they'll go into the business side of things. Let's start with just an exercise. Like who's your hero? If you look at, okay, as a producer, my hero is, you know, virtual riot or excision, you name it, whoever's at the top. Obviously we're looking at the very top of the industry. These guys have massive appeal. They're globally known. Of course, that name is going to be a household name with the stuff that we're involved in. For electronic music, those guys are huge. Or you can go way back. We can reach out to Tiesto or BT or you name it, ATB. But if those are your heroes, that doesn't mean they're off the list, but they might be really hard to get a hold of, especially if you're nowhere near them. And yeah, the Internet's a great place, but sometimes the limited communication avenue the channel of communication if it's limited it might be harder to get their attention especially because in in this day and age they're probably getting just as much noise as you're having to sift through to reach them yep definitely the more i'm involved in the industry the more i realize everything is a very slow climb it's the same with your mentors 
Um, I'll explain this a little bit more. When I first started producing, that was back in 2013, I think it was, and I met my first mentors um, who were called Rubicon 7 at the time, and then they eventually changed their name to R7. It was a husband and wife duo. And I remember I was talking to a promoter in town. This is when I was in Boise, Idaho. I was talking to a, a promoter trying to get shows, and I was sending him some tracks I was working on, we ended up hanging out, and then he's like, "Oh, let me connect you with these um, these guys. They're they're great. They and I've heard their music before too. And I actually I actually saw them when Tiesto came to Boise. What? They opened up for a show. Oh, nice. Um, I remember he was telling me he's going to introduce me to them, and I was like, "Holy shit! I knew who they. They've had big fucking tracks. Most almost, I think every single one of their releases has been on the top." 10 releases wow. or top five releases on Beatport. I was going to say, R7 yeah, had, sounds really familiar. They were putting out good music and their shit was always going to the top of the charts. It was great. And, um, but they weren't huge. They weren't touring. Uh, they didn't have an agency behind them. They weren't managed by anyone. They were doing all the, the stuff themselves. Um, so they weren't out of my means. I'm sure if that promoter wasn't there, I know I could have messaged them on Facebook and they would have given me a response because I was a local in town. Right. If you're, I mean, anywhere. I, I was in Boise, Idaho. That's a small place, man. It's not that big. Everyone <laughs> knows everyone. Um, I think the metro area is like 500,000 or 700,000 people, but in Boise, it's like 200,000. Wow. So it's not, it's big, but it's not that big. Connect with people locally mm -hmm. because if you can, and, it's, and this goes into, if you're wanting to DJ, where are you going to start? You're going to start locally. You're not going to start in a city that's 2,000 miles away. That's not where you're getting booked. That's going to be expensive gonna get just to travel. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're going to get booked locally. So what you want to do is look for those producers who are above you, who are in the scene. They're playing shows. If you can figure out how to connect with them, that's going to be your best shot for getting your first mentor. And that's going to start bringing you up notches. You're going to start leveling up from there and getting better and better. And you're going to know seeing your productions. And that's going to transition online too. people are going to hear that. And they're going to like it. And then you can slowly move up from there. Eventually, what happened with my mentors is I got to a point where I just wasn't learning a whole lot from them. And we became more more friends than anything. That's what it turned into. It just turned into a really good friendship. And from that point on, I actually found another mentor, which is Noah Neiman, who's a guy here in Austin. And he's, I mean, he's toured with Tritonal before. Wow. He's released on Armada, Revealed. Um, Armada's huge. Landrec yeah, he's, I mean, he's released on big, big, big labels, man. Yeah. He's local. Here's the thing is, I went from, in Boise, I got a local mentorship there. I moved away to Austin, and I was on a different level than I was in Boise. So I needed to find someone who could pull me up even higher than that. And it started out with a message on Facebook. That's exactly <laughs> how that mentorship started wow. out as. I was I went and saw Tritonal. He was opening the show, and I just sent him a message. I found his personal Facebook. I said, "Hey, I love the show. You killed it." He messaged me back within like thirty minutes. He was like, "Thank you so much. I appreciate it." And then I told him, "Hey, would you mind if I just sent you some tracks every once in a while to get some feedback?" He said, "No problem. Yeah, anytime." 
And I, that's how it started. I started <laughs> saying awesome. tracks. He started giving me feedback. And from there, you see your progress. Now it's time to find another mentor who's above that, who can bring me even further. Right. Climbing the ladder. Yeah, it's funny mm-hmm. you mentioned that because uh, so I'm, when we're looking at B2B functions or in-person networking, there's all sorts of opportunities and they're just you have to think outside the box. So for producers, it still might be worthwhile to look at engineering backgrounds or, or other associations. So, like, for example, uh, I started getting va- uh, really heavily involved with my audio engineering society chapter, which is AES, and they were in SF. So they, I was going back to the Bay uh about end of 2015, 2016. And um, then they were hosting listening parties at Coast Mastering, which is a, a glorious like mastering facility. And it's run by uh, a world-renowned mastering engineer, Michael Romanowski. And this guy's amazing. Super, super awesome dude. I was very humbled to be able to, to, to sit down with them and we we're chatting and stuff. So we had a listening party at his place. And um, while I'm there... I get solicited to to com- or I get commissioned for um, doing a remix for uh, John Cunaberti, which is um, the mix and master engineer for Joe Satriani, which is a oh. huge you know rock guy. He's a solo guitarist yeah. that's put out you know probably a dozen or so albums by now. And uh, I was like, wow, that's cool because I actually I used to listen to Joe Joe Satriani stuff a lot when I was growing up. I was like, this is awesome. I, I would love to. And so we negotiated the rate and I did, you know, probably four or five hours worth of work, sent them off a rough demo and stuff. And it, it never, you never know what's going to happen while you're there or who you're going to run into. So you have to be open to opportunity. And you're, all you're doing is lining yourself up under opportunities. So look for business to business functions like that in your area. For me, it was pretty hard. I wasn't able to continually go just because it's so expensive to get over the Altamont. Um, and you know, deal with travel and, and the commute times and stuff. It's it's a real commitment, especially when you have a day job on top of that. Um, so another avenue, if for example, Manteca is only like eighty thousand people now, and I moved there in the nineties when it was like forty thousand. It's super oh, tiny Jesus. town. There is yeah, nothing is there for entertainment. It took me years to be able to just to get to the point where I could relocate. I got very lucky that I was able to relocate to SoCal where I'm at now, but a lot of people don't have access or resources. So online resources, and like we were talking about earlier, the internet, it can be a mess, but there's still remote mentorship capabilities and you have to find the right Facebook groups to penetrate. Like for me and you, we're a part of producer dojo. Um, another good community that we actually seem to share in common is the six figure home studio community. Uh, and I've met both, um, Brian and Chris and they're hilarious, just as hilarious in person as they are on on the podcast. Um, but even looking at their field, like, I think, are you, were you talking with Chris for a while or? So Chris is the co-host of the six figure home studio. Brian hood, um, is the other co-host and, Brian does mixing for metal and Chris does mastering. Chris is actually taking me through my business where like the first episode we're running through, dude, he chewed my website up (laughs) and spit it out, but that's what I needed. And I'm more focused on a business. And so now Chris is my coach. He's my mentor. He's teaching me what I need to know to run a successful mixing and mastering studio. Um, yeah, I've gone through two months now and he's, I mean, he's taught me so much and that is 
through an online source. Yeah. I, that was through listening to the Six Figure Home Studio. Uh, I even, uh, so there's another artist that I've been uh, connected with for a while, and he has a Discord server. And so he's built a, a, a fairly sizable network of people that follow him. And it's just this little private community of producers and, you know, everybody that's involved with that scene. Uh, Julian Gray, so he writes electronic, like trancey type stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, his server is pretty awesome. Like, there's so many helpful people there. But as long as there's that order, it doesn't matter where you're looking at it. I think yeah, an internet's a great place. But here's the thing about mentorship: it doesn't matter if it's an interactive person. It could be passive, like these podcasts we're listening to. As long as the information, the source is credible and if the information is good, if it's going to get you somewhere and you're learning, you're actually getting something valuable out of it for your time because time is the most valuable asset we have in life, right? Yeah. If we can spend money at stuff, you're going to make more money no matter what. Don't worry about that. We can, we can make that back. Money can be remade, but time, you only have so much of that on this planet. And so other sources, like I said, it doesn't have to be in the same industry. What are you filling your mind with on a day-to-day basis? And if you're finding the right sources, that's the big key. It goes all the way back to the beginning. Find and identify the right mentor. And I listen to very, I'm very selective of the podcasts that I listen to. So outside of the six figure home studio, I I maybe listen to one other and that's the Ed Milet show is a recent one. And he's been blowing my mind Uh, just because, you know, in life coaching, things like paying attention to how we treat ourselves, self-awareness to be able to grow the discipline to be able to identify our own blind spots, I think are critical, not just for our professional, but our personal lives too, because there's no, we are people, we're human. We're, you're not going to go through life and be able to separate the two completely. They're always going to be interactive. So it all just comes down to, yeah, are you paying attention to what you're feeding yourself to be able to put out what you want to put out in life? Time is a, huge asset when you connect with someone a potential mentor or a future mentor and they see potential in you they see a future in you they see someone who can really develop themselves and turn into a great songwriter a great musician a great producer right they're taking the time out of their day they've got so many other things that they could be doing i'm sure there's a million other people they could be talking to But if they see the potential in you and they want to take the time out of their day that they're not going to get back and put it and invest it in you, that is huge. Absolutely. And the last thing you want to do, the worst thing you could possibly do is pick that up and just throw it away. Yep. That's a good way of getting blacklisted by someone who could potentially be way bigger. I mean, if you're getting a mentor... They're obviously bigger than you. They're obviously doing bigger and better things than you at at that moment. And if you just slap them in the face, they're going to remember that. And I guarantee they've got a lot bigger of a network than you do. And that's going to be a bad situation for you to be put in, especially if they're local. Yeah, honestly, I've been in both sides of the fence in every one of those situations. I've been through it all. But you know what? Here's the thing. For anybody who's listening right now who is maybe thinking about looking for a mentor and they don't know where to start and they've never started before or something. If fear is holding you back, that's the wall. You got to bust through that wall. Don't be afraid to get started. Do it now. Take massive action. Don't wait. Because the more you wait, the more you build up anticipation and the more it's just going to make you psych out. Like you're going to psych yourself out to the point where you don't even try. And believe me, I've been there. I've done that. (laughs) You could be doing one of two things, waiting around, not even doing it because you're so afraid 
Um, or you could be waiting for them to come to you, which I guarantee is not going to be the case. They're not going to come to you. It's very, I shouldn't say never, but it's very rare that a mentor will find a mentee that they want to take under their wing. I mean, it's so, so rare. And if that's the case, if you're waiting around for the right moment, they could be taking someone else under their wing right now right. while you're waiting, while you're wasting time. Either someone else is reaching out and getting that connection before you can, or they're going to find someone to give that connection to. Absolutely. So you don't want to waste your time around this. You, it is very important to find a teacher and a mentor as soon as possible, because that's just going to get you a step closer oh, yeah. to whatever your dream is or whatever your goal is <laughs> at the end of the day for being a producer. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I've noticed about successful people, the ones who have been in the industry the longest have that built. They built up the success. They've built up their bullshit meter like they they can sense the time wasters from the go getters. Yep. And it's not, it's not, don't take it personal because it, everybody, I believe everybody has the potential to degrade. Everybody has the, you know, you have a dream, you have a purpose in life and it's just a matter of connecting with that best part of you that knows how to go get it. And that takes work because we're not, we're not perfect. We're, we're imperfect human beings and we've got to work on our flaws, but the ones who work on it, the ones who start, it'll start just clicking. And that's, that's the ones that they sense. But let's say you're a new person, right? Or you've never you've never dealt with a mentor before and you want to do you want to approach somebody. You're looking for somebody in person. So I'll give you my experience. I went through this recently. I reached out to uh well I was do at that listening party. So I'm I demoed our song uh for my artist profile. We debuted our first track and it was like this chill step track. And obviously I'm dealing with an older crowd at the listening party. There's a lot of older engineers. There's guys that work at Dolby there. There's guys from um uh, universal audio there that there's big names in the room and it felt pretty good because I was able to impress them with my track. And then afterward, uh, I was asking, um, I was asking Michael Romanowski if AES chapter had any mentorship programs through AES. He's like, yeah, no, they don't really do anything like that. However, and this is where I jumped on the ball. I immediately just, I, I come off as a, yeah, I am definitely serious about it, whatever it takes. And so I would say this, if you're looking as somebody, as a potential mentor, the very first step is don't be afraid to approach them. Just take the initiative and reach out because I guarantee you there are 10 other people in the room that might be wanting to do the very same thing as you, but they're too afraid to make that step you're already bolder than the rest for taking that initiative and just being like, Hey, I'm here. I mean, that's exactly what I did. And as you're saying this approaching, whether it's in person and email is the same way. It's very, an email is one of the best ways to connect with someone because it's non-intrusive. They can read it and respond whenever the hell they want. And an IM is the same way. And that's exactly what I did with Noah. I, I took the initiative. I saw an opportunity I saw someone local in my scene who's connected and I thought, this is a huge opportunity for me. Let me reach out to him through an IM. I mean, he responded That's awesome. he, he, within like an hour. He responded yeah. and he was totally humble, completely nice. In the moment I was that person, I was afraid. I, I mean, I had his profile pulled up mm-hmm. and I was looking at the message button. And I was going, am I going to do this? This feels weird. This feel, feels icky. And it will. It, it's going to feel gross. That initial first approach, it feels weird. 
But once you do it, once you get over it, once I hit that send button, I did like butterflies hit me. I was like, what did I just do? Feel so much better, I just right? Made my, yeah, I, I was like, I just, oh, it's God, like if you've I never been my... to the gym before and you're trying to start working out and you're moving the weights and you're like, this feels awkward and you feel like all the eyes are on you in the room. I know they know I stick out. I stand out because I suck at this right now. But afterward, when yeah, if you just grind through it, you did, you did your workout, right? And you're leaving the building. You feel pretty good, right? Oh man, I actually feel really good. I feel a lot better. I've heard Ed Milet say this actually. And he said, when it comes to things that we do that lead to success, we don't feel the effect of, or we don't see the effect of for six months to a year. That's a huge buffer, right? So we talk about that feedback cycle. There's some things that we just cannot shorten that cycle of. And that's this Whatever that success means to us, the thing that we're trying to grow, it's going to take time. So the habits and the things that we're doing now to build on our success, if that takes six months to a year to do it successfully, we have to be patient. We have to know, just like working out, it's going to take weeks, if not months, before we start seeing the results. And you're like, man, we actually, I actually look pretty good. I, I've got muscle now. I totally transformed my body. But look at the journey that you had to go through. It was six months to a year to get to that body. And so conversely, if you start sabotaging yourself, if you're not putting in the work, if you're getting lazy, if you're avoiding doing the work that you know you need to do, you start feeling that 60 to 90 days out. So the failures don't rear their heads, but they rear their heads a lot faster and you feel, you start to feel that a lot sooner and then it's harder to correct. I like that. That's very well said. That is very, very well said. Um, I think that's extremely I had to steal that from Ed Milet. He's, he's been an awesome dude. <laughs> that, that's his podcast, dude. I would definitely recommend anybody that's looking for like personal life coaching, just go listen to his podcast. What is it? Uh, the Ed Milet. Max out with Ed Milet. Ed Milet? Yeah. It's M-I-M-Y-L-E-T-T. Let's say I approach a mentor. But they're not comfortable with being an actual mentor for me. Um, I'm just starting as an artist. Right. I need, you know, this tip, this tip, this tip. Um, I'm trying to work on my branding. Mm. Where do I go for a logo? How about coming up with a name? But they're just like, that's a little bit too much work for me to do. Right. I would, would say, what's the next step to- for anybody? And this this could this could apply to anything. If you're a producer, an engineer, whatever, or if your goal is to just learn how to be like your idol. Um, just let, just be honest, be genuine, be yourself. Number one, just own it, own where you're at and tell, let them know like, Hey, I'm just starting out. I would love to learn all this stuff. This is what you're doing. You know, can I learn under you be direct? Don't waste their time. But yeah, there is some subtlety to it. Obviously you have to have some persona, some, some communication skills, some persuasion skills, and that helps to build that. So for example, when I was approaching Michael, um, I said, yeah, I was serious about that. And so I went and I made the pitch, you know, and I did it when I, on my follow up through email, I said, I appreciate you talk, talking with me uh, the other day about it. I'd love to take you out to lunch. I'll, you, you name the place, it's my treat, it's on me. That way we can just sit down, have a discussion over lunch. And obviously we're out of his building. We don't have to worry about, you know, another setting, but we can just discuss what uh, an apprenticeship or a mentorship might mean well let's let's discuss it what it would look like yeah and Mm -hmm. see if you're open to that and so that 
you take all the pressure off of them. You're offering them something. And it's all you're doing is trying to get a date because this is this is step number one. I think people people and I've been learning this with my financial business on the other side, too, because I do um, life insurance sales and financial advising as well. And this is the stuff that I've been learning from my mentors. And a lot of times, us creatives, what we do is we focus on the very end goal. We're, we're picturing that win. We're picturing that trophy. We're picturing ourselves way down the pipeline, way down there. We're looking for that end result. We're, we're way too far in the future. They're picturing themselves headlining EDC right. before they've even written their first top one, top ten track in Beatport. Yeah, and if you're trying to approach a mentor and you're pi- what you're picturing is the result of what you're going to get from that mentor, you're thinking too far ahead. If you're yeah. reaching out to a mentor, your goal for that, just focus on getting a date set, getting an appointment, getting their time, getting them to say yes to you to give you some time. That's all you need. Once you Once you've got your foot in the door... Game games on whatever whatever it is you can hit a grand slam you can and that's just just get on the field <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely I think that's huge if if you're getting a little bit of pushback you just need to get that first scheduled date Absolutely. even if it's a phone call that's the other thing if you can just get them on the phone for five or ten minutes out of their day yeah. get that one on one time that's really what it is that one on one time if you're meeting them in a crowded area let's say you're at a venue and you meet them at a venue or a big event, it's probably not the best time to schedule something or really get something narrowed in because they're talking to a million people. There's a million things going on. Absolutely. If you can at least get their attention, introduce yourself, talk to them a little bit and say, hey, could I get your phone number? Could I get your email? I'd like to discuss some more things with you. Yeah, and the other thing is to show that you're committed. Like, And show that you're committed. Don't just come at them like, hey, can you teach me how to do what you do? Make them a mutually beneficial offer and make it something. Try to think ahead in terms of, okay, if you're asking for a mentorship, they might be thinking like, okay, what do you want from me? What do you want me to teach you exactly? And so you, you have to come at them with something specific. Give them something specific that you would like to learn from them. And so when I'm reaching out, for example, I'll use Michael Romanowski, that mastery engineer. Um, I said, I'd like to learn how to run the business the way you do. I'd love to learn to play at that level. And I've done, obviously, I impressed him with my track to the point where I got his attention. Uh, so that was step number one. Obviously, that did some of the work for me. But making a mutually beneficial offer is obviously I, my goal from the mentorship was I actually got him to divulge that he had he was looking for another mastering engineer for his facility at the time. So I lucked out like it was that was pretty cool because it was like timing. The timing was everything. And if this mentorship works out, maybe I, I could fill that position if that's if, if things are working in our favor. I want it to benefit you just as much as it benefits me. If you're serious about this and you're serious about the mentor you're looking at and either a they don't have the time to just do free work or you don't have enough value to provide for them. What's go- what are they going to want out of it? I guarantee they would love to see a price tag on that. Right. They would they would not mind seeing a small price. And it can be a small price tag. You can say, you know what? I would love two hours out of your week for a hundred bucks. That's 50 bucks an hour they're making off of that. Okay. You know, my mixing is really bad. I would love it if I could send you three tracks a week. You can give me detailed notes on my mixing, what I need to work on. I'll give you a hundred dollars in return. Right. That's providing them value. That is now worth it to them. If you're a smaller producer, 
and you're looking for someone above you to take you under their wing, let's say you're looking at another producer who's putting out really good stuff. They're starting to get signed to relatively big labels. They're starting to play more shows. Well, I guarantee they still have a second job or a third job. They're not full-time as a producer. Now, when someone, another producer comes in and says, hey, I love your stuff. I really would like some advice or some feedback. Um, My mixing isn't that great. Could I pay you $100 for you to start giving me some feedback on tracks? They're going to go, oh, yes, because guess what? Now I'm making money for giving feedback. (laughs) I'm becoming a coach as a producer. They're going to love, if anyone came to me, as a producer and said, I'll give you a hundred bucks to give me feedback. Well, first of all, I'll give anyone feedback for free. But if my time was becoming too valuable and I had a producer come to me and say, Hey, I would love it. If you were my mentor, could I pay you a fee? I would be like, yes, because guess what? That's just pushing me forward a little bit more to where I can go full time. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something funny about our industry and, and music and audio that uh, it seems like everybody's hungry. Like they're passionate, they're super passionate, but they're hungry. They're always doing something. And whether they have to have a full-time job or a day job or a part-time job, whatever it is that's funding them to do what they want to do, they're doing multiple things to make it happen. And so that's what makes it tough because, yeah, uh, I've learned when I've done marketing for my social events because I was putting together listening parties of my own. I was inspired by what Michael was doing out there in the Bay. I was able to reach out to a lot of the corporate world, like in the audio industry, there's hardware manufacturers. The corporate world works a little bit more structured. So just a little life tip, if anybody's looking to improve their contact skills, there's some tips like if you don't want to email somebody on a Monday or a Friday because on the Monday, they're just getting back from vacation. Their inbox is already inundated. They're trying to catch up to the work that they're missing. And then Friday, that's the end of the week. They're already birds out. They're ready. They're already thinking about their weekend. They're, they're not going to respond. They're going to be sluggish. The middle of the week, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would probably do on a Tuesday. That's the perfect time to reach out because then that gives them 48 hours to respond back and be like, Hey, I'll follow up with you next week. And you don't want to be the super incessant, like my spammy. I'm getting an email a day. Just be genuinely interested. Okay. Here's my offer. This is what I'm looking for. Again, respect their time because you want to respect yours. You want them to respect it as well. And there's something funny that it's almost like karma has this way of working out really well, where when you begin to respect yourself, others respect you too. So if you respect your time, it'll come across like you're respecting theirs too, just inherently. And that'll change the way you approach things too. It'll change the wording that you use. It'll change your posture, the way that you communicate. Everything is more. uh, It'll change your value too. Overall, your value will change. Yeah. And when you start doing that um, and you're you're reaching out to these people and that brings me back to my point where if I'm looking at the audio industry, it is going to be a lot tougher to get their attention. Be consistent. Be persistent. Don't give up just because they didn't respond to one email. Don't move on to the next person. It might take seven times. In fact, on average, because we're so busy, because we're so consumed, it's not that we don't care. It's not that we're going to just like delete it because we see it. We read it. We're like, nope, not going to deal with it. It's just that we didn't have time. We're too distracted. If you look at like, if we talk about persuasion and sales, for example, you're selling yourself, right? And so when it comes to this sell, whenever you're buying in, 
you're buying in off an emotion. Nobody buys in off a of logic. That's just not how humans are wired. We might use logic to, to reason things or rationalize things, but when it comes to actually making the decision, what makes our decision for us is our emotions. And so how do we feel at that? How are you making that person feel at that moment? Are you making them super psyched and be like, if you can p paint a picture for them of what the win looks like for them, you, you've won. You've won that battle. Yeah, you're looking for the win for them. So if I said, for example, I want to go to this master engineer because I love the way he does his work. I want to play at that level, and I believe I would be a good asset to your business. I would love to help you take it to the next level. I can tap you into a younger audience than you're currently dealing with. What I did right there was I said, hey, I'm, I'm willing to bring a market to you. That's a win. If he's hungry, he's going to take it. <laughs> and, and the way you can apply this as a producer is your fans. How many people are on your social media who are commenting, interacting with your posts? sharing your stuff how many streams can you show them streams on spotify so you can be like listen I, I i have a fan base people who are listening and they'll look at that and go oh those are fans that i might not have that i could potentially pick up as well so they're seeing value in you where if you guys do a collaboration in the future i mean you're you're opening them up to a whole nother market of other people oh yeah as that, well. that's brilliant and collaborations is part of mentorship too because there's so many different ways that you can elevate your production game just by learning a way that somebody else is working cameron how can you prove your worth to a mentor you send them a track they give you detailed notes now how do you prove that what they just did for you the time that they've spent for you is worth it that's such a deep question man i you have to picture yourself going for that barrier, whatever it is that they're challenging you with, they should be challenging you with enough that you feel like you just barely can't do it. And you know what? You got to push yourself to go beyond it. Like, Hey, I'm learning. I'm struggling. If it's a struggle, you're going the right direction. Proving your worth is a really about stepping up to that challenge, taking massive action, not waiting, not, not, you know, don't get discouraged either. Yeah, And just, Thank them for the opportunity. If anything, like, hey, you know, I might have failed at this today. Give me one more day. I'm trying to do this. Whatever. If, the, if there's a timeline involved, and I think this is what it comes down to. Do you believe in yourself? If you want to prove your worth, start proving it to yourself first. You have to believe. In fact, just commit to believing right away. The moment you've gone for it, you've already started. So even if you've already started, now you got to believe even harder because if they're challenging you with something, be like, no way, that's impossible. Well, right, right away, you have, to, you have to stop yourself right there in that moment and say, you know what? If he thinks it's possible, I need to believe that it's possible. I'll get there. If you're a producer and you send your track to a mentor who's a bigger producer and they give you detailed notes on feedback, they're giving you feedback, understand it's feedback. Also understand you're in a creative space, so everything is subjective. Um, they they might hear stuff. I mean, I've sent tracks to mentors plenty of times where they are like, I don't like this, this and that. And I go, okay, that's a personal preference. I like that. I wanted that to be like <laughs> right. that, but you can't say that cannot be your answer for everything. If they take the time to send you detailed notes on things that you should work on with your track or issues they see, you can't say, well, I meant to do all of that. What are you doing? You're roadblocking. You're saying, 
what you just told me, yeah, that's not accurate at all. I wanted it all to sound like that. So you're wasting their time. Well, the best way to approach it is be like, thank you so much. Every time I get feedback on anything, I am so appreciative. Yeah. Because they took time out of their day to help me out with things that I'm struggling with. And it's that's I wouldn't have found those things that I was struggling with had I not had someone directly tell me this is the issue with A, B, and C. And the best way to approach it is be like, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to go in the studio and work on this stuff right now. And really go through what they're telling you. Work on it. Listen to the difference of what you had before and after. And I guarantee you'll be like, oh, wow, that sounds way better. When you're done, if you've gone through and fixed all of the things that they said you need to work on, pull your track into a new project, your exported MP3 or WAV file, and pull your old file in and AB them. Right. And listen, because you will hear the difference. You get this excitement. You go, whoa, <laughs> this is huge. I just found, I found someone who can help me out with all these issues that I've had for so long. And you're going to appreciate the time that they take even more. And I, you're going to send that track to them. And they're going to listen to everything you did. And they're going to go, this is brilliant. Yeah. That he's, this producer is taking what I said working on the studio and actually working on those corrections and that starts clicking with them this kid's worth it yeah. this person is worth it they're they're working on what they need to work on and your next track's going to be even better and that's and the they're going to be more excited to work we, on it with you as mentors they're investing time into, into you as a mentee and that's that's a key thing that's a key factor that all you have to do to prove your worth is respect their time obviously how are you going to do that to show your gratitude Show your gratitude for them. Even if you failed, like if you're struggling, you're still not learning it. And it's been however many weeks or months and it's still not clicking. Just Kate, you know, Hey, I appreciate your time. You're, 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 you're doing so great just to help me out. I'm still willing to learn. Don't give up. Just keep showing up. And when it finally pays off, it's going to feel good for them too, because they're looking they, They're the reason they're even taking on a, a mentee or they're willing to take you on is because they have some sense of wanting to give back to the community too. And so they want you to succeed. They want you to win. And yeah, here's the thing. Everybody roots for the underdog, but nobody ever vision envisions themselves being the underdog or what it's like to be the underdog, all the work and sweat and tears and blood that had to be, you know, you had to go through to be that one before you come out on top. So the ones that struggle the most often have the biggest success. And they, if they've failed so many times before it finally clicked, it feels that much better to hit that win. And you know what? Your mentor is right there along your side, and he's like, dude, you killed it. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. That payoff is immense. When I first had mentors, the first mentors I got with R7, it was a struggle for about a year. I mean, it was blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> no track was good. Oh, man. <laughs> They got better. They they got better, but they weren't great. Right. It was always a massive list of things I need to work on. But I do remember the the first time that I sent a track to them and they went, wow. And that was huge. That was so difficult to get that. Oh, yeah. To get that wow. I mean, it was so much time grinding in the studio, working with them, them giving me notes and me working on those notes. And when I got that, wow, there was no better feeling than that. <laughs> I, it, it was just getting that acceptance of approval. And I just knew I'm up another tier. Yeah. And like, but even then, even b- before you got that win, you still kept showing up. You're like, 
even though you fail, you keep bringing failures to them. They keep sending you back to the board. You're like, please, sir, may I have another? Please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> you keep showing up. That's what shows your worth. That you're going to keep, and you're, and that's the thing is, if you're taking the initiative to keep following up with them, if you reach out to them, you do all the work for them. They're just like, oh, you, oh, cool, he's willing to follow up. He's scheduling the dates for me. Like, yeah, I have that free. Let's do that. That takes all of the work out of their hands, so they can focus on just giving you the best plan of action possible. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, let's. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, so if we're if we're gonna recap on uh, mentorship, just obviously looking for mentors. It means more than just looking for a person to train under. It doesn't have to be in person. It can be online. It can be remote sessions. It can be passive. It can be a podcast. It can be a YouTube channel. Whatever source of information that you can filter down that's gonna f- give you the best chance to accelerate your growth. That's what you're looking for. You're trying to filter out all the other noise in the world. And just hone in on that one thing that's going to help you with what you want to accomplish in life. That's really what a, a mentor mentorship is all about. But it doesn't have to be active. It can be passive. But now that you've identified, that's the hardest part probably is identifying what exactly do I want to do? What do I want to be the best at? Who's my hero? Where, who do I idolize? Who am I looking up to at the top of the industry? That way I have a clear path. I know what's up, what's, what direction up is for me. From there, it's just about looking for those mentors and, and taking it one step at a time. And yeah, we need, yeah, obviously it's easy to find the ones at the very top because they have the most visibility, but it can be somebody right above you or even adjacent to you with a little bit more experience that, than you in that subject. So being clear on what subject it is you want to learn from them, that's another big help. Um, but looking for mentors can be done anywhere. Again, business to business functions, find societies. Um, uh, the ASCAP Songwriters Expo, A2IM, which is a publisher's um, association. There's so many things in the music industry, and it's so big and so diverse. Think outside the box and connect with people outside of the immediate thing. Like You don't want to just connect with other producers. You want to connect with other people who are doing roles that might supplement what you do. And then online sources, like like I said, remote coaching, like what you're doing with Chris Graham. Online sources also being, yeah, Facebook groups, like you, like we were talking about before. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and approaching them is the next step after that. Mm-hmm. So, so you've figured out you figured out who or what kind of mentor you're looking for. Find out where they're located. Are they in a Facebook group? Are they going to an event that you can meet in person? Um, how do you approach them now? You're going to want to either, A, if you're in person, get an email. Just get an email or a phone number that you can call so that you can schedule. Um, And if it's in a Facebook group, too, just find stuff. If they're posting, comment on their stuff. Get them to recognize your face and your name. Comment, like their stuff, and then eventually just shoot them an IM. And just do it. Just approach and do it. Make that first contact. Shake that hand. Give them your name. I think the key differentiator here, if you want to separate yourselves from everybody else that's reaching out to them, if you respect your time, you'll you'll start to notice that they respect your time too. They respect you. You'll be respectful of their time and they'll respect yours. Let's dive into our last topic, which is separate from mentorship, but it's a little project that you and I have been working on for, (laughs) man, what the past like three or four weeks, and we've got a lot of uh, stuff to finish up on it, but man, I'm extremely excited about this. 
Um, do you want to dive into it? This is your idea that you brought to me. Sure. Um, so I'll let you kind of explain the inspiration behind it, um, what the goals are, and really what this first event is going to be all about. So uh, we're launching the Mastering Gauntlet, and we'll probably be announcing the website and everything July, uh, and we'll try to get some leads going. But basically, the Mastering Gauntlet's a challenge, so the entire month of August, we're going to do one song a day. And both Christian and I will master the song, and then the artist gets to pick which one they like. They're not going to know whose is whose, but they get to pick which one they like. At the end of the month, we're going to tally them all up, and we're going to announce a gauntlet champion who's basically had the most wins under their belt. And the loser, actually, actually there's some skin in the game here. We actually yeah. are going to have donation uh, pool set up so that the loser has to donate to the charity of choice. Now, we're going to have a pre-selected list that we're trying to narrow down right now. But we're going to have a pre-selected list that you'll be able to vote on when you submit your song. And um, you'll be able to – the most votes are going to go towards um, whatever – that's where we're going to donate the money. So, yeah, the, um, the contest will run for a month. We're going to do – and there's some rules. We've laid down some groundwork already. Uh, we're still trying to get into some other stuff. We may have some sponsors. We're we're starting to set a lot of that stuff up now because we want to make it, we want to make it worthwhile for everybody. Because obviously, if we do get more submissions than just you know thirty one for the month of August, we want to be able to make it worthwhile for every producer that enters into something. So that way, it's worth everybody's time. Even if we don't get to their song, I guarantee you, it's gonna be it's gonna be beneficial for everybody. If we find a sponsor or affiliate that's just willing to donate or match a dollar amount to the charity, that's even better because we're giving more out. I agree. Um, but the other thing is we're we're trying to connect with some plug-in companies. Uh, are you working with a sample company as well that you're going to be reaching out to? Yeah. 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 We're looking for companies that will help producers elevate their production game because obviously the end goal is to help everybody make better productions. Yeah. And so if you basically just submitting, entering, giving us your email, entering in your track, um, you will get entered into a giveaway where a sponsor will hopefully be giving off some sort of plug in bundle, sample bundle, preset bundle, something like that. So even if your track isn't selected for the month of August, you could still potentially win something that's going to help you out in the long run. Right. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have fun. Yeah. So we're going to be taking submissions July 1st until August 1st. Um, and then selecting tracks throughout the month up until the last day of July. And then August 1st, we're getting on it. We're going to be mastering tracks. Um, I think some of the rules are we only have two hours to master the track Correct. and we have to record the session. Or I, I think what I'm going to be doing is streaming all of my sessions. Nice. So um, if you guys follow me, I think my Twitch account is like at Envious Audio. I'll, I'll have it posted on my social accounts that you can follow. Um, but yeah, you'll, you guys will be able to watch me master these tracks live, um, for that two hours. Yep, so I'll, it'll be fine. I'll be doing the same. I'm going to try, try to figure out my setups so that way I can, <laughs> I can make sure I can get the live yeah. stream up. But yeah, it's one is the accountability aspect, but I think two, it's just, I wanted to make a challenge and this is, it started off just me by myself for the entire month of August, try to get, um, free mastering for people to accelerate my growth. You know, I want to be able to challenge myself. I want to be able to work faster, more efficiently and still give great results. And what better way to do to accelerate my growth than to challenge myself with stuff, you know, that, you know, working more work than I've ever had to do in my life. So, uh, and it's not that much more work, obviously, but you know, we both got day jobs. We got to work on the side, um, at least for the time being. Um, but yeah, I, 
the challenge is going to be um, amazing. Like that, whether we win or lose, there's an opportunity to grow. Giving back to the community is huge, not just with the charity, but for you as a producer. If you're a producer out there and you just can't afford to get a track mastered, this is your opportunity to get a track mastered by some professionals. Um, and the, the way it's set up, too, is we aren't doing revisions. So no one can come back and say, hey, I like this tweaked. It's you get what you get. You vote on the best one. However, once at the end of the month, you are able to come to us to get revisions and we'll have a price point on that. Yeah, there's, but you will there's be just able a communication block during the challenge, obviously, for challenge yeah. reasons uh, to keep it fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because obviously there's time limitations uh, on what we're allowed to do, but also it's it would create a competitive advantage if we're allowed to talk to the artists. Right. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll right, get more right. into it. We'll, re- we'll release more details as we get closer to mm-hmm. that date. Uh, I am super excited. I am pumped. Me too. Uh, I think this is going to be an amazing been... thing. For for right now, season one, we're going to call Electric Summer because obviously we're dealing with electronic music. And I believe August is uh, uh, hot August or Ibiza nights or whatever. It's, uh, Ibiza is pretty big. Uh, electronic scene is huge, especially during the month of August. I think that just lines up perfectly. Um, and I know a lot of artists are going to be ready to drop tracks around that time. And it just seems like it, it's lining up perfectly. So, yeah, you know, I've already got people. I've, I've mentioned it to a couple of producers who are like, let me know when I can submit because <laughs> I am ready to submit. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I'll, we'll be releasing more details on that. Uh, I'll be talking about it more on the podcast, too, once we get closer. And I'll provide some links where people can go follow once we get closer to that date. Yeah, and hopefully we should have the website up early enough that we'll we'll be able to have the website available once all of the info is ready and to be able to yeah. share. But People can at least read, maybe not submit quite yet, but they can read about the event, about us as yeah. audio We'll have all the rules and- on there. We'll have a fact on there. It'll, it'll, it'll be set up and ready to go. Um, we might even have a sizzle trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's going to be good. Awesome. Well, um, Cameron, do you have any plugs? Anything that you're doing um, that's coming up? Where can people go find your stuff? Where can they hire you as a mastering engineer? Uh, yeah, so if they go to www.neologicstudios.com, that's like Neo from Matrix, and then Logic and Studios.com, um, you'll find my mastering services on there, my portfolios on there. Uh, I'm definitely working on some upgrades because I haven't been able to be active on web, you know, developing my site. I usually do it all myself, uh, but I do have mm-hmm. a web developer. I'm starting to hand some of that off to. Um, yeah, go there, check out my site. If you're looking for mastering, I do free master previews and uh, mixed critiques. And then from there, if you still want the serve, if you like what we're doing, you can just you know pay for it right there. Uh, or if you have mixed revisions, uh, it's all covered under my my one rate. So. Um, sweet. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I've been getting a lot of service right now. I'm actually working on some motion video stuff for some other artists. That's another one that I've been That's diving awesome. into, building music visualizers, uh, marketing videos, that kind of stuff. Um, what about your social accounts? Where can they? What's your? Uh, where are your handles? So it's at Neologic Studios for Instagram, um, and then just uh, Cameron Bashaw on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter. And then same thing, you can find me on Facebook. Just find me by my name, Cameron Basha, or Neologic Studios for the studio page. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to post mostly on Instagram. I have, um, because I've been following a lot of the life coach guys, um, like Ed Milet. All of my studio posts lately have been about life advice. So if you're looking for that extra edge, 
that pushes you to just keep pushing forward with your goals and your dreams, definitely give me a follow and follow Ed Milet and follow the guys that I'm, I'm reposting from or I'm sharing with. Uh, they're great sources of, of inspiration. So, Yeah, and I'll make some show notes too. So I'll provide links to all of the things we talked about in this episode Perfect. on your website, Ed Milet. We'll get all those links set yeah. up. And so don't forget, we also have a Producer Dojo. So L Gates is another oh, great yeah. source. That's a, Their community is awesome. So if you're not a part of that community, actually, go there. Yeah, I, I got some mentorship through the producer dojo, actually through the class of 808 when I was doing that. I had a membership for about a year. Oh, nice. Um, if you're not a part of that Facebook group, the producer dojo, you got to get in that group. There is, It's such a well-moderated group. There's no spamming. No one's promoting themselves. It's people asking for help. Yeah. People providing. But even help. that, like if, like you, so you took the class of 808, but you don't have to do the class of 808. Uh, they also have uh, webinars that Ill Gates himself will host every so often, and even for free, he's given out such amazing info to help get you on the right track to be a product, be efficient at, you know, and, and put out more. And that's the thing is we all want to put out more, right? We all want to be the dream versions of ourselves. These are the types of leaders we need to look for, whether it's Ill Gates or Ed Milet, find somebody who's going to help you grow. And that's what a mentorship's all about. All of the mentors that are a part of the class of Veda Way are in that group and they're active. You can call them out and they will respond. Are you a part of the uh, the Gravitas Create group? Uh, I am not, but you'll have to invite me. That sounds awesome. You, yeah. You got to get in the Gravitas Create group. That's another awesome one. Great community of people yep. um, supporting each other, helping each other out. And they actually just got a mentorship program oh, set that's up awesome. in there. So you can, there's a section you can click on for mentors and mentees and you can scroll through people i actually just created a mentor um, profile so if anyone wants me to be their mentor you can go to the gravitas create group join it you can find me as a mentor and request me as a mentor oh right on um and you go in there you can read their profile so people put their basically their bio of what they do in the industry and how can how they can provide value and you can request them as a mentor and boom, there you go. There's your step forward. There's your step to finding a mentor and there's a bunch of great mentors in there. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening. I have one quick favor to ask you. If you found any use in this episode and you learned anything useful from this, if you went over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, you know, one of the biggest messages that I want to put across with this podcast is that I'm here to help you and I want to keep bringing on guests and I want to find bigger guests to bring on who can help teach you to monetize everything you do in the studio. But in order to do that, I need to know that you're listening and that you're actually getting something from this show. So if you could please head over to iTunes, rate, review it, subscribe it. I would love that. Head on over to enviousaudio.com slash podcast to check out the show notes. I'll have all the links to the topics we discussed today. Stay tuned for the next episode where I've got Alberto De Casa on. He owns his own studio. He does more mixing and mastering for rock bands, but he's going to be coming on. We're going to be discussing how to brand yourself as an artist, which is vital in this industry, especially if you want to monetize yourself as a producer and you want to run your own studio, you have to start branding yourself to get you a step ahead of everyone else. That's it for now. I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>